0: Let's see here. All right. Is that it? Well, good evening. Oh, that's nursing home level. Come on. Good evening. That's better. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Brother Josh, where'd you go? There you are. Thank you, brother. What a blessing it is to be here tonight. And uh, I love you all. This, this is a wonderful place. Amen. And uh, I count it a real privilege to be here tonight and uh, see old friends again. Amen. (laughs) And uh, you know the Bible says if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. And so we just have to be ourselves wherever God puts us. Whatever his timing is, his place is, uh, just, just be what the Lord called you to be. Amen. And uh, what you see is what you get. But uh, Brother Josh, I know the Lord will bless you here. I'm glad the Lord answered prayer and sent you a good man. Amen. And, uh, and I've heard nothing but good things, and that's a blessing. Let me stay here a while. I'll probably hear a few bad things. Amen. <laughs> Is this mine? Thank you. And um, anyway, it's good to see you here tonight. And what a what a privilege. I asked my wife. I said, "How would you like to get up there?" She said, "No." And uh, amen. <laughs> I was in high school. I wouldn't even give a book report. Just give me an F. Amen. You know, oral book report, and I wouldn't do it. I was so bashful, but uh, anyway, the Lord uh, has had other plans for my life. Amen. And uh, again, it's good to see so many good friends. Man, I'm telling this is a mayonnaise crowd. You know what a mayonnaise crowd is? Yes, sir. Mayonnaise. A lot of people here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And aorta. You know what aorta is? Aorta, Aorta, take an offering. (laughs) I was teaching the kids last week at youth camp. I said, I'm going to teach you how to speak um, southern redneck, southern redneck. And it goes, you kids want to learn that tonight a little bit? You serious? You want to? All right, follow me. Now listen carefully and you duplicate everything I say. All right, you ready? All right. Eyes a sitting in a cheer, eating chicken fingers, dipping them in ranch, looking out the window. And I said, there's a feller down there by the riverbank. I wonder if he's a Republican. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> you, you got it? <laughs> Amen. We are a product of our environment. Amen. And uh, so I'm just a southern redneck, and, uh, but I'm a saved one. Amen. 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 And I'm glad to be saved. Well, I'm glad I know the Lord is my Savior. Man, he changed my life. Lord have mercy. I'm sitting there thinking I'm by, I'm sitting by my wife, uh, a former cheerleader. She just shouted right in my ear while they were singing a while ago, and it didn't bother me. I'm used to it. She just shouted right in my ear. She used to shout for the touchdown, you know, and now she's shouting for the Lord. Amen. And uh, it's amazing how God take your life and change it. And uh, amen. And it's all from him. Amen. No one in if there's any virtuous thing in your life, uh, you cannot take the credit for it. Amen. You'll have to give God the glory for it. He did it. Amen. Amen. And so we just bow before him and give him all the glory for everything he is and everything that he's done. Amen. Turn your Bible tonight Second 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter one. I pray the Lord will help me tonight. Give me an unction to preach the message the Lord's impressed on my heart. Second Peter chapter one. Begin reading with me, if you will, in verse 19, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. The Bible says we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now we have tonight the word of God right here laying on the pulpit in your lap. Uh, We have the more sure word of prophecy. We have it right here. Amen. And uh, Simon Peter in verse 17 of the same chapter, he says, For he, and of course he's speaking of our Lord, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then verse 18 gives us the setting when this happened. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Of course, that's found in Matthew, I think, chapter 17 of the mount of transfiguration. They heard God speak out of heaven and heard him say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. They heard God's voice out of heaven. But you know what Simon Peter says in the following verses I just read in your, mind, read in your hearing, we have a more sure word of prophecy. The book we have is more sure than a voice from heaven. Amen. A voice can, from heaven could be counterfeited. Amen. I've heard all kind of voices. And it wasn't God's voice. Amen. So Simon Peter is referencing the voice of God that came from heaven on the Mount of Transfiguration and then proceeds to tell us that we have the prophecy of the scripture, a more sure word than a voice from heaven. Now, That's not what I want to preach about tonight is the sure word of prophecy. The prophecy of the scripture, the Bible says, came through holy men. And the Bible says here in the text, and they spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now I can give you an example of this from the book of uh, Jeremiah. Um, I I won't. uh, I don't have time for that tonight. But the the Holy Spirit wrote, God's word through men they were the instruments. the Lord gave the word great was the company of them that published it and I'm sure all of you are familiar with Jeremiah when he penned a, a, a book and they gave it to the king and you know the story there in Jeremiah and the Bible says how did he write these words and he said he spake these words from his mouth and I wrote them with pen and ink and a book. And that's how God gave us the scripture, the transmission of the word of God from heaven to a man to a book. And they were not allowed to choose their own words or use their own vocabulary. We believe in verbal inspiration that God gave them every word to write. Amen. We believe that, right? If you don't believe that, you're in the wrong crowd. Amen. So we believe this Bible is God-given, Amen. It's his very words. Amen. But take notice, the Bible says it was the work of the Holy Ghost as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to preach tonight on that subject. You know, the first mention of the Holy Spirit of God in the Bible is found in the book of Genesis And when we read there of the Holy Spirit, what is he doing? The Bible says he moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. And here we find the same word as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the the author of this book. He's the source of revelation. It is he that reveals truth. He is the power and force and redemption. No man was ever born into the family of God apart from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Our Lord said that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Born of the spirit. Amen. I'm saved tonight because of him. I would not be saved without him. No man was ever born into the family of God. No man was ever redeemed apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Someone told me one time, the only agent that has to be present for a man to be saved is the Word of God. Can I say to you tonight, my friend, you have to have the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You have to have both. Amen. He is the power of redemption. Titus tells us in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere in scripture, the new birth is mentioned. He's mentioned in connection with it. Amen. Amen. The power of redemption is the Spirit of God Himself. He's not only the, the power of redemption, but He's the revealer of all truth. If you're here tonight and you understand any biblical truth whatsoever, you did not comprehend that by your own human intellect, but the Spirit of God opened your understanding so that you could receive spiritual things or you would never get it, amen. Amen. Never get it. And so everything we know about God tonight, we read in a book. Christianity is the religion of a book. And there is a person, the Holy Spirit, who reveals this truth to us and opens our understanding so that we can receive it, amen. He is the person of the Godhead with whom we have to do. Amen. Amen. Now, I stand before you here tonight in this pulpit. I am one man, one man, but I have a body. That's what you're looking at. And there's someone living inside my body. And he's looking out through the windows of the soul, the eyes and then, in my innermost being, I have a spirit that has been born again. So I have body, soul, and spirit. And Simon, or, or, or Paul, the apostle, mentioned that in 1 Thessalonians five twenty-three. He said, "I pray God your whole, whole body, a whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." And so I have three parts to my being. I have this body you see. I have the spirit that gives me a self-consciousness and I, or a soul that gives me a self-consciousness and a spirit that gives me a God-consciousness and I have a body that gives me a world-consciousness. But I'm one man. God is one God. But he has three parts to his being and we can know each part of his being. Just like you can, amen. We don't worship three gods. We worship one God who manifests himself in three distinct parts of his being. Amen. Uh, The Lord Jesus is said to be the image of the invisible God. And the Lord even mentions in the Psalms, he says, he that worketh evil, my soul hateth. God refers to himself as having a soul. And then, of course, we know the Holy Spirit. But here tonight, my friend, our Lord is not here visibly. And his body is the right hand of the Father, having ascended to heaven 40 days after his resurrection. And God the Father is seated on his throne tonight. His Son is his right hand. it's the Holy Spirit that is in the world today. And he is the person of the Godhead with whom we have to do. The Holy Spirit. Amen. When our Lord ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit into the world to apply everything that he had accomplished in his life and in his death and his resurrection. The Holy Spirit is here. Our Lord said this in John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is come or is judged, I should say. And then he says in the same chapter in verse 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself. Now let me interject something here. It does not mean the Holy Spirit never speaks about himself, but he doesn't speak of himself. What he hears, he speaks whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he's the spirit of prophecy and then he says he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you ladies and gentlemen tonight listen to me the comforter has come amen he's here tonight the spirit of God is in the world today and you can know him he lives in the believer. Your body is a vessel for service. The Holy Spirit is in you. And, and, and listen, he's, he pours himself out through you in service, a vessel, a vessel. And the vessel is not important. It's what's in it that's important. Amen. And your body is also a temple. You're a vessel for service and a temple for worship. But it's the Holy Spirit within man. A saved man, that's what makes the difference in his life. Amen. You can know him. He lives in you. He makes the Lord Jesus real to you. His, he is the power. He is the witness of the Christian life. Amen. Paul the Apostle said in Romans 8 and 9, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be, that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He lives in us. It's an elementary truth. We all know that. Amen. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God of God, for you have received not the spirit of bondage, again the fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And he says, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm glad there's someone in me tonight that makes my salvation real and makes my savior real to me. He bears witness with my spirit And I'm telling you tonight, my friend, the reality of my salvation is not a real good I hope so or not a real good I think so. But thank God tonight, I know so. The third person of the Holy Trinity cannot indwell the believer and live in his heart without him knowing it. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Look with me in verse 14 if you would. 2 Corinthians. And allow me here. I've got a kind of a sore throat from youth camp last week. Verse 14. The Bible says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you there? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you here tonight is saved by grace? Let me see your hands. What a wonderful thing to be saved by grace. Amen. Saved by grace. Notice the second phrase in this passage. And the love of God. Boy, don't we rejoice tonight in the love of God. Amen. Aren't you glad God loves us? Amen. But look at that last phrase. The Bible says, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Amen. Now you have the, you're saved by grace, right? You have the love of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You're loved by God, right? Well, let me ask you a question tonight. Do you have the communion of the Holy Ghost? Let me ask you a question tonight, Christian. When's the last time? that he bore witness with your spirit. Amen. Communion. Communion is fellowship between two persons. Amen. A passage I quoted a moment ago, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him but you know him. Let me ask you a question tonight, Christian. Do you know him, the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. The Christian and the church are helpless apart from him. You'll never know the things of God apart from him. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in uh, man's wisdom or words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God neither can he know them for their foolishness unto them. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Amen. Amen. How many people do we know this day that truly know the Spirit of God? I asked my son a question the other day. I said, son, I I want to ask you a question, a very serious question. He said, all right. I said, how many people do you know that's full of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all listening? It's a serious thing to think about. Amen. The church has lost its note of authority. Amen. The secret of wisdom and the gift of power. And I'll tell you why because we have neglected to know the Spirit of God. Amen. We have the theology of the Holy Spirit. We know what the Bible teaches. I've been preaching here tonight things you've heard and you've known, and you've heard all of your Christian life. It's not something new I'm preaching here tonight. Amen. But we know it, We know the doctrine, but do we know the person? And there's a difference. Paul the apostle says, but I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in much trembling. And he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and a power. People know more today about the Bible than they ever knew. When I first got saved, it was five decades ago. I've been saved over 50 years. And I've been pastor nearly 48 years. But all that time, years ago, when I was a young man, we would announce we'd have a Bible conference. They don't do that anymore. We'd have a Bible conference. We had a guy one time, Brother Root Caswell. Some of you may have heard of him. My pastor had him in our church, and he preached for a week. He said, I'm going to preach through the book of Revelation. And we didn't know nothing about the book of Revelation. We didn't know that much about it. And this guy comes, and we're on the edge of our seat. The church is full. There's no room for anyone. You you barely can see carpet. They're putting out chairs, people coming from everywhere to hear this truth. But I'll tell you, as this age has drawn on, my Christian life has drawn on, people know more today about the Bible than they've ever known, it seems. Amen. Listen, I've got teenagers in my church that know more about the Bible than, than, goodness, it's amazing what people know. We know the doctrine. But do we have the power Amen. The church today, they have the theology of the Holy Spirit, but how many actual experience and know him in the fullness of his power? There must be a living consciousness of his presence. And you can have this. You can have this. I'm not having it. I wouldn't have it off of a Christmas tree. Practice the presence of God. How many heard that? That's from John Piper. That's that, uh, and he's one of those that believes in replacement theology. And You can write this down too while I'm here. The church has not replaced Israel. Amen. Amen. That's a Catholic doctrine. that come out of the Middle Ages. And just because somebody had YouTube to propagate it doesn't mean that it's new if you get my drift. Amen. Don't want to go down that road. I have to be careful. This is not some weird doctrine that that's listen, I know know it's been abused by some of our charismatic churches. I understand that. You you gotta be careful today about using the word anointing. But it is a Bible word. John said, but the anointing which you've received of him abideth in you. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. Amen. The anointing. You talk about an unction. This is a New Testament truth. The Holy Spirit makes our faith alive. He makes our lives fervent. He perfects holiness in us and the fear of God. We don't practice his presence. We live in his abiding presence. Amen. Amen. I'm not practicing his presence. I'm aware of his presence. (laughs) Amen. And the the old acquaintance of mine just passed away, went on to heaven. First time I ever met him, he said, Brother Brother David, have you ever read that book on the threefold work of the Holy Spirit by James McConkie? And I said, yes, Brother Green, I have. I've read that book. He's digging around asking me questions. First time I ever met him, digging around it. Because my son's going to marry his granddaughter. He's digging around asking questions. I finally said, Brother Green, I know what you're looking after. I said, I know the Holy Spirit. Amen. I may not always have his power, but I know him. Amen. Amen. It's every believer's privilege to have the communion of the Holy Ghost. And brethren, I'll tell you where I find the greatest unction is an intercessory prayer. What's the Lord Jesus doing in heaven tonight at God's right hand? Tell me what he's doing. He's what? What's the Holy Spirit do when you pray he maketh intercession. So when you become an intercessor, you enter the same ministry of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and you'll find them there. Amen? Amen? We have the abiding presence of the Spirit of God. The question is, do I know him? Let me ask you this. Is he so grieved and quenched in your life that he refuses to make himself known. Amen? You know, Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, what does it say? Quench not the Spirit. Is he so quenched and grieved in my life that he never manifests himself to me? Make himself known? Let me say something right quick about this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, he filled the house before he filled them. Amen? He filled all the house where they were sitting. You understand the Holy Spirit is with us as well as within us. Amen? He can make himself known as a person in this room right here. He'll move in here and move through here and manifest himself and the folks that's in tune with God, they'll sense it. They'll sense his presence. Amen. He's with us. He's within us. And he comes upon us for service. Amen. The church is the creation of the Holy Spirit. No one has ever got in the church without the Holy Spirit baptizing him to the body. Amen. Amen. You can't get in the true church any other way. Our spiritual life is owed to him from start to finish. Apart from him can be neither Christian nor church. Amen. Amen. The church is a body of believers who've been born of the spirit of God. Their common interest is not culture or not even fellowship, although that's a wonderful thing membership in the body is by the new birth born of the spirit of God you can't get in any other way amen there was a reason I talked to my son today he's preaching tonight at, a, at their mission conference what's that mission board he's with I can't ever remember What well, Macedonia World Baptist Missions they're having their mission meetings and conference this week for their mission board and he's going to preach tonight I said what are you going to preach on he said, I'm going to preach on an enduement of power. I said, that's what I'm going to preach on. So we preach preaching the same thing tonight. Amen. It's what God led me. Amen. Our Lord said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Someone gave me a little book a few years back written by Dr. Ralph Sexton, Sr., and the name of the book is If You Do Not Tarry You'll Commit Spiritual Hairy Carry. <laughs> That's the title of the book. And this book documents the revivals in the in the in the Blue Ridge Mountains around Asheville, North Carolina, and how the Holy Ghost moved through those mountains. I know, I used to know Miss Parker at New Manor Baptist Church, she was saved in those meetings, brother Ralph Sexton's preaching when she got saved. Y'all remember Miss Parker? She got saved in those revivals. She's just a little old mountain girl, but she said the Holy Ghost sought me out. Amen. Amen. But I read that book. And man, the revival they had in those mountains. I'm telling you, it was something else. There were supernatural things accompanied those revivals. Seriously. I wouldn't call him a liar. I read that book, Array for God. I've read that. It's Supernatural Things accompanied Percy Ray's ministry. You say, what was that? It was the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Y'all think I'm nuts. I saw Brother Sammy was in a two-week revival one time. Thunder and lightning accompanying the man's preaching. Am I telling the truth, Rose? Man, to make a point, here come the lightning. He'd preach a minute and another point, here come the lightning. Got down to the invitation, lightning struck, and the power went off. Man, there's a collective groan went over that congregation, and conviction fell on that congregation. People was crawling under the pews to get to the altar. There was 60 people saved. They poured out 150 gallons of whiskey. They had a bonfire. We had a bonfire one night, and people burnt all their curious arts and books. Amen. Brother Buster said something that caught my attention tonight. He's talking about a revival that's not marked by holiness. Amen. An endowment of the power. I've preached. I've preached for five years about things and nobody move. And I, and the Holy Ghost can come and move in five seconds and do what I could not do. Browbeating in five years. Say amen. 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 And I guarantee you, when he says Amen to the truth in here, there ain't no argument. There's no argument. Amen. The command to tarry until they were endued with power from on high proves this. The one essential equipment that the church needs is an enduement of power. Amen. How many today are trying to carry out the work of God without the power of God? You know what I liken it to? Excuse me. I like him to a preacher, you know, he gets in this big Cadillac, puts it in neutral, and all these men get behind him and start pushing it around. He's sitting up there just staring the thing, and all these men are pushing it. Amen. That's what the church has become. It's a machine that's ran by men, well-oiled machine. And they can push it. Amen, and then their their experience becomes a form of godliness, but denying the power. I'll tell you what I'd rather, I'd rather jump in the Cadillac and kindle the fire under the hood, drop her down in drive and burn rubber. Amen. Amen. Internal combustion under the hood. That'd be a whole lot better than men. Because they'll give out sooner or later and they'll get on a steep hill and they'll, they'll, they'll be gone. You'll be going backwards. The church is God's institution on earth. And he gave us the power to run it. And the question is, do we have it? Why don't we have it? Yeah. <clears throat> The Holy Ghost is not needed to run the modern church. It's a machine pushed by the strength and power of men. Getting quiet in here. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. He came on the day of Pentecost. And in my belief, which I hope you agree, if you don't, it's okay, he came on the day of Pentecost, initiated the body of Christ, began the church, baptized the church with his power, initiated the body of Christ, and empowered their witness. That's why we find later on in Acts 4.33, the Bible says, great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. That's after they had prayed and the place was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you full of the Holy Ghost? I'm not saying I am. I'm not some great, I ain't nothing. Amen. But are you filled? Didn't the Bible tell us in Ephesians 5.18, and be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit? Be filled with the Spirit? Amen. His presence and power in our life. It's vital. It's central to the life, the service, the worship of the church. Nothing else avails. I hope and pray he's more to you than just a doctrine. Amen. In Acts 6-3, they appointed seven men, seven deacons, to run grocery showers for widows. And You couldn't even carry groceries to a widow in the early church if you wasn't full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Bible says Stephen looked up, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly up into heaven and he saw the glory of God Jesus standing at the right hand. He was full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts eleven twenty four, 24, Barnabas, it says of him, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith we find the Holy Spirit speaking to men who are filled with him. Then said the Spirit unto Philip, Go join thyself unto his chariot. Yeah. We find Simon Peter down at the, uh, on the seaside and three men come and before they come, the Spirit said, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. When's the last time he said anything to you and anything to me? Amen. This is my experience all the years that I've been in the ministry. His majority don't even know what I'm talking about. Isn't that sad? When it's every believer's privilege and blessing to know Him. We read in Acts sixteen seven. They, to, or they were come to my sea and they essayed to go into Bithynia but the Bible says the Spirit suffered them not. Boy, how many errors could we be delivered from if we could just hear His voice. And He speaks. He's active in the believers in the early church. They gave witness with great power how much Holy Spirit led activity that we see today and his fruit fruit singular fruit Galatians 5.22 you know the passage love joy peace love that's right up there that's first that's right off. you know the Bible mentions the love of the spirit amen the love of the spirit the Bible mentions, uh, you know, Romans chapter 5, the, shed, the, the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I saw a group of kids the other night, the Holy Ghost, well, I tell you, the Holy Spirit of God fell on a group of young people last Friday morning. I mean, he settled on that, he settled on that little, group of people, little group of young people like, like dew, like the dew of heaven. He settled in there. Those little kids was weeping, worshiping God. Some of them in the altar praying. It was a wonderful thing. And then that night, he moved again. And I said, "Let's have a feast of charity." Have you ever heard of a feast of charity? It's in the Bible. Amen. Man, they begin to tell each other they love one another. I'm telling you, man. I had a kid tell me one time, he said, God has never been this real to me. And I said, son, what you're experiencing is the communion of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. That's what that is. It's the Holy Spirit making the Lord Jesus real to you. Amen. I had a little girl tell me one time, she said, God has never moved like this in our church. She said, I've never seen anything like this. I'm not talking about some wildfire experience where you've got to have blankets to throw on everybody because they're immodest. Walling around. and I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about none of that business. Amen. Some weird doctrine. No. What they're trying to do is counterfeit the real thing. Now I want to ask you a question tonight in conclusion. How active is the Holy Spirit in real in your heart and your life? Young person I'll tell you why some of you young people have so much problem with worldliness. And you have problems with separation and standards and your music and the way you dress and where you go and all the problems that you struggle with as a teenager. I'm going to tell you why. Because you, you do not. You may be saved. He may live in you, but he does not manifest himself to you and he's not known by you. You don't have communion with him. He's grieved. And he's quenched in your life. That's why you don't have any convictions, because they all come from him. I have no convictions that didn't come from him. He's convicted me a lot of things through the years. And when I, things creep into my life, he convicts me again. Amen. Well, that's the message. Amen. Amen. What's your need? What's your need? I'm gonna let the pastor come. Some people want you to give your own invitation, and the pastor sometimes like to do it. I don't know, so I'll step out of the way, Brother Josh. Let's come. Let's come. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's come. You know what the Lord did in your heart. We don't need to waste any time. Let's come.